Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yeah, dougoster.com if you want to see some great pics of his trip to Croatia. He's going to be gone for a long time, folks, because uh, he's over there with some listeners enjoying himself. We may get a surprise visit over the next couple of weeks, but let's just hope that he has a good and wonderful and relaxing vacation, and I know, Doug, he will do just that. And uh, next couple of weeks, some really interesting co-hosts along with me, Rob Pratt, the first from B-Control and uh, Meadows Sweet Apiaries. He is Steve Rapaski, and we have a lot to get to. Stephen, how are you? Good morning, Rob. How are you today? I am spectacular. Before we get to Steve, let me just say, if you're the 10th caller at 412-922-1020, you're going to win a $25 gift certificate to Sorgles. So that's the 10th caller at 412-922-1020. Tell the folks a little bit about what you do for a living, and then we'll get into some of these, uh, I think, very appropriate questions for this time of year. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, good morning, Rob, and yeah, it's my pleasure to, to fill in for, for Doug here today. Yeah, it's uh, I do play an interesting role. I, I run a pest control company called Bee Control, so we, we handle all the stinging insects, your wasp hornets, yellow jackets, etc. Done that for about the last seven or eight years. I've owned this company, but on the flip side of that, which kind of really intrigues people, is I'm also a beekeeper, second generation. Uh, my father keeps bees still, and uh you know, that produces the honey aspect of it, but the the combination of being a pest control operator and a beekeeper allows me to really get knee deep into some of these situations that we run into with honeybees and structures. Um, we sell honey at Salukvi farmers markets, and you know we provide um, a service in terms of that aspect with the honey production, but we also are able to assist people from the pest control side with bee control. Uh, in terms of handling those dangerous bees, the mean ones, the wasps, the hornets, yellow jackets, et cetera. So quite a unique uh, role I'm playing here. So how sweet is the honey business? I've heard nothing but rave reviews. <laughs> it's very sweet. Yeah, honey has become more and more popular with people wanting to do, live a healthy lifestyle. You know, honey is full of vitamins and minerals. It's the natural sugar, um, you know, zero cal- calories, so to speak, and it's not really zero calories, but... Certainly, it's a more natural, simple sugar that our bodies, from a health standpoint, doesn't need to break it down. You know, if we get the cane sugar that we buy in stores, that's what we call a complex sugar. So when we eat it, our bodies have to work to digest that versus honey. When we eat it, it it's absorbed very quickly. It's broken down very quickly because of it being a simple sugar, and it's much healthier. We don't get those sugar spikes that you would get with the cane sugars that, that are out there. So it's it's booming. I mean, we have trouble keeping honey on the shelf, so to speak, that, um, you know, people want raw, they want local, they want to know their beekeeper, where their food is coming from, uh, and you can't beat a nice 
spoon of light honey straight from a hive that was five miles from your house or, or less. All right, listen, the buzz is, of course, you get a chance to phone in and talk to him at 866-391-1020 if you have any questions concerning bees, especially those bad knees that we all, bees that we all kneel, deal with. Give us a call, 866-391-1020. First topic on the agenda for Steve Rapaski filling in for Doug Oster, bees and hummingbird feeders. Why are they are, we're seeing bees on the feeders this time of year. So why is that, Steve? Time of year, and we've been fortunate this year. We've actually had some rain, uh, and typically, as you know, in Pittsburgh, July and August tend to be hot and dry. Um, so the rain has has relieved that a little bit. But this time of year, we often get phone calls, and we'll, I've even seen it in the hummingbird feeders off my back deck. Um, you get the hummingbird feeders turn into honey bee feeders, and uh, what's going on is there's very little blooming out there, or there won't be here very soon as the wildflowers dry up for a couple of months. Uh, so the bees are hungry. They're looking for somewhere to go. And it is not a day that goes by where I get phone calls from, from customers and other beekeepers trying to deal with honeybees on hummingbird feeders. And what they're looking for is a, a cheap source of nectar, if you will. And, you know, hummingbirds are, are pollinators just like our honeybees are. And they go around flower to flower looking for that sweet nectar. And we give the hummingbirds that through our feeders. But at the same time, when there's very little flowers out there, we see an uptick in honeybees trying to forage. And the good news is for the listeners out there is that, uh, you know, you're just feeding a few more mouths. Instead of one or two hummingbirds, uh, you might feeding be feeding 50 to 100 honeybees. And uh, not necessarily a bad thing. It's, it's not really good for the beekeeper because they're bringing back an artificial nectar. It's just sugar water. Um, some of it might be colored red, <laughs> as, as we often see with hummingbirds. Uh, but you often see that because of what we call the nectar dearth is, that is out there. And, that, and this year, uh, especially, it may not happen as much, but we do need to be concerned, too, because there is a fungus out there that's affecting some of our wild birds. Uh, and through the Audubon Society and the Pennsylvania Game Commission, they're actually recommending that our our folks take down bird feeders, including hummingbird feeders. So if you're a listener out there that's having an issue with the honeybees as well on their feeders, it might behoove you just to remove all the feeders. Um, you solve your honeybee issue, and you're protecting some of the uh, potentially some of the hummingbirds from this fatal disease that we're still investigating. All right, listen, I'm going to go off the grid a little bit. Some of the great questions that you've given me. The great Steve Rapaski on the line with us, filling in for Doug Oster, DougOster.com. If you want to follow him and his wonderful friends in Croatia the next couple of weeks, I highly urge you to do that, and he'll be back with us two weeks from today. So pollination makes everything possible, and it's all about my garden and making it green and making it grow. You know, we've been dealing with a honeybee issue for a long time, Steve, but now you throw in this mix with hummingbirds, and they do transport that pollen that is so important. What do you make of this whole bird feeder thing, and what's this going to do for uh, the gardening matrix here in our future? What do you think about that? It, you know, that's a good question, Rob, and it's, it's too early to tell. Um, you know, they're not sure if it's a virus, a fungus, it's, if it's, you know, how um, uh, similar to the COVID issue when it first started. We don't know a lot. We don't know how fast it transmits. Uh, right now, fortunately, uh, as far as I'm aware, we have not seen it in western Pennsylvania, uh, but it does not mean that we will not see it. it. It might be a matter of time, but as in any pollinators um, and wildlife in general, they all play a role, uh, whether it's pollination, whether it's uh, eating stink bugs <laughs> that, that are a pest. We have this modern lanternfly that's moving westward that we've seen here in Pennsylvania, uh, but they all play a crucial role in the ecology uh, of our environment. So, 
pollination is always at risk, and insects are kind of the canary in the coal mine, if you will. And as our our environment changes and these things happen, um, we may not notice it at first, but the insects and, and the smaller birds tend to, to get hit first, and then it starts to move up the food chain. So we have to be very crucial, um, critical of, about what we do as, as what we use in our gardens. You know, Doug's a big proponent of organic uh, gardening, and that flows onto his beekeeping as well. You know, I help him with his hives, and we have to be very conscious about how we treat our environment and what we do and do not use in our gardens. I'll tell you, great stuff. He misses know-it-all, Doug. So compassionate, always wanting to talk to the gardeners out there in the world and folks wondering about bees in the backyard, good, bad, indifferent, all of this stuff. So lucky to have him here today, Mrs. Know-it-all, next week, and then Doug back two weeks from today from vacation. So if you want to be a beekeeper, want to be, you're wondering how to get those honeybees in the backyard, you're dealing with some pesky bees, such as the ones that can sting and really hurt those wasps, those yellow jackets, all right now is on the table, and every single line is available. you got a great opportunity today to talk to truly one of the best at what he does, Bee Control and Meadowsweet Apiaries. He's Steve Rapaski. The number to Dow, and all of our lines are available, 866-391-1020, 866-391-1020. This is The Organic Garden with Rob Pratt and Steve Rapaski. Doug is off for a couple of weeks. He is traveling with his fans in Croatia. On July 17th at Wild Things Park, the Washington Wild Things will present the Three Rivers Celebrity Softball Game hosted by former Pitt All-American and NFL player Doran Dickerson. Part of the proceeds at the event will benefit the Hayward House. Other participants include Cam Hayward, first-round pick Najee Harris of the Steelers, 93.7 The Fan, Andrew Finiponi, and more. All the details and ticket information at kdkradio.com. Back with more with Steve Rapaski in just moments. Yeah, I can understand why uh, Doug brings him on as a regular guest. The phones are filling up quickly for this Sunday morning. We do just have a line available. So if you have a question for Steve Rapaski, Bee Control, and Meadows Suites Apriaries, now would be the time to call. Let's get to Eileen and Swickley up first for Steve Rapaski. Hey, Eileen, how are you? Hi, what's your question? Uh, I have five uh, bee nests. What do I do with them? That's the million-dollar question this time of year. I mean, yeah, it all depends on what type of bees you get. You know, as a society, we tend to lump all insects into uh, one term, which is the term bee. And, of course, there's hundreds, if not thousands, of different species. Here in western Pennsylvania, we typically deal with, you know, the, the big five, your wasp, hornets, yellow jackets, paper wasp, and your honeybees. Then you throw in their bumblebees and things along those lines. One of the things that we often recommend when it comes to the, the – the more dangerous ones, like your wasp and hornets, et cetera, is to call professionals. You know, it, you do not want to be up on a ladder trying to deal with an insect that can fly faster than you and can sting you multiple times. So typically, if you're not sure of what type of insect you actually have, call one of the, the professionals, like myself at Bee Control. We're always available for a phone call to discuss those types of options. Um, certainly, I could be reached at uh, 412-765-0335. And we can talk about the nest and, and the type of insect that you may have and some of the, the better options for you and how to handle those safely and effectively so that you're not bothered by them throughout the summer. These are the ones in the ground. Yeah, so those are, if those are the yellow jackets, we often call them ground bees. You definitely want to professionally handle those because um, their nest can be a couple feet under the ground. They can have multiple entrances. And, um, you know, the old adage of pouring gas down gasoline down it is not good for you, not good for the environment, and certainly can be dangerous as you're peering down one hole, they're coming out another hole and 
hitting you in the hind end. So best thing to do, give us a call. We could get out there to assess it and uh, help manage it properly for you. All right, yeah. Let me ask you a quick question before we get to Marion. How do you know if there's something actually buzzing under the ground before it becomes an issue? What do you look for? Yeah, that great question, Rob. So oftentimes we tend to be reactive rather than proactive, and, and we often find out the hard way by mowing over top of a yellow jacket nest or, or getting stung by something. And uh, what I often tell my customers and our clients is to, to be proactive, take a walk around the yard, and you're not necessarily looking for a uh, insect just flying around because certainly there's a lot on our flowers, in our gardens. But at the same time, there are those the mean ones, you know, the yellow jackets and wasps that are nesting this time of year. And what we often tell people to watch for is a consistent airport type of activity, that in and constant in and out through one very specific opening in the house or a specific spot in the ground where every time you walk by that corner, you see insects kind of zipping in and out, and that's an indicator that you may potentially have an issue. It may not be, but nine times out of ten, that type of direct airport activity um, is an indicator that you might have a bigger issue to deal with. All right, got the word from Mr. Uh, Oster in Croatia. He's going to try to phone in for a quick segment at the uh, bottom of the hour after our news. Uh, but right now, it's Marion in Beaver up next for Steve Rapaski. Go ahead, Marion, which question? Hi, Mary. Oh. I'm, go ahead. What's your question? Uh, hi. Uh, yes. Um, I left some weedy patches in my garden for the insects, and but I was wanted to cut some of these wild grasses down before they um, drop seeds. But I noticed there's pollen shedding, and every time I go to look at them, there are these like little tiny sweat bees on them. They're yes. cute. They don't sting or anything, and so I don't want to take it down. If are they actually um, using the pollen as food or something, or? They, they are. I'm glad that, that you have actually noticed those little sweat bees. Uh, sweat bees are one of the many, the 400-plus species of what we call native bees here in Pennsylvania. Uh, there's little metallic green sweat bees. There's some of the little yellow ones. There's black uh -huh. and yellow sweat bees. I mean, there's, we could do a whole biology lesson in the next two weeks while Doug's gone and not cover <laughs> the surface. But, yeah, they're uh, just like honeybees and bumblebees. Uh, these native bees are... are are beneficial pollinators, and they're what we call solitary bees, meaning that they nest as an individual insect, not in a large colony or a social colony like yellow jackets or honeybees. But what they're doing is they're, they're gathering that pollen and those pollen grains, and their biology is they go back to their nesting site, which you've heard Doug and I talk many times before about cleaning out your garden in the early spring. Uh, all those hollow stems and, and wood debris that's around your house or in the garden or the flower bed are the nesting sites for these types of little insects. And what they do is carry that pollen back to their nest site. Uh, they put it down as a base. They lay an egg in it, and then they close off that section or that cell, and then they repeat the process. So pollen from all of these plants are a very beneficial food source for our native pollinators as well as our honeybees. It's the protein of the hive, and that what, that's what helps feed the young bees as they develop into adults. So it's great that you noticed that. Uh, I would encourage you to leave that as long as possible uh, until they okay. get their resources, and then go ahead and clean that up as you normally would. Uh, and did you say that where, where I was writing down what you're saying, where do they uh they're still putting they, their babies in. The yeah, they still they typically nest in old grasses, you know, uh, wood debris, hollow stems of plants that are around. So certainly we we have to 
maintain our properties and you can't wait for everything to finish its life cycle. But mm -hmm. if you have a patch that you could leave alone for a few more weeks because that pollen is only being produced for a short amount of time, and these insects' life cycles are also very short, meaning just a few weeks in some species. So sure. leaving it, even though you want to clean it today, maybe leaving it go until the end of the month, and that will allow the bees to go collect the pollen they need, do their nesting, and move on. Yeah, it doesn't bother me. It was just sort of my allergies, too, and I didn't want it to drop drop the seeds. But, yeah, I can wait. Yeah, and, yeah, also, and that's one of those things where you might be able to just cut off the seed heads because um, if they're producing pollen, they're not ready to drop seed just yet. Okay. So you could also time it that when they're done blooming and, and finishing up their pollen, you can get in there and you know cut off those seed heads uh, prior okay. to them dropping the seed. Great. And do you recommend any books? I'd like to know about the life cycles because that's another thing. I don't know you know how long they need things and stuff. Do you? Yeah, so there's a great book out there called Bees in Your Backyard. And okay. it, you can find it on Amazon and any of the bookstores. It talks about all the different native pollinator species in the um, United States. Uh, certainly gives you uh, maps to show you the ranges, if they're found in Pennsylvania or not. It gives you their life cycle, how long it lasts, oh, whether wow. you can find them from May through July or April through June. Um, it's called Bees in Your Backyard, a fabulous resource for um, bee lovers and gardeners alike. Tell you what, folks, he is uh, hitting it out of the park today. Great stuff from Steve Rapaski. If you have a question for him, 866-391-1020. Doug Oster in Croatia, fingers crossed, hopefully coming up right after the news, three minutes away with Rob Taylor. This is The Organic Gardener on KDKA. I got to tell you, folks, close to four decades of this great brand that is KDK, but this is the first time that I talk to anybody from the great country of Croatia, and that, of course, is uh, the homeland of Steve Rapaski. He had a lamb on the spit yesterday that looked mouthwatering good. He sent me a picture, but the guy who's actually enjoying the hometown cuisine of Croatia and right now is aboard a beautiful ship sailing that great part of the world. Here he is, live and in person, the host of this very broadcast, Mr. Doug Oster. Doug, how are you? Good morning. I'm doing great. I'm calling from Croatia, but I got messages from people for this first part of the show that Steve was doing so good, I was afraid I was going to lose my job, so I thought I'd call in. <laughs> Listen, before you get going, uh, Steve, you know the language, you know the landscape. Talk a little bit about Croatia, a place that's near and dear to your heart. Oh, yeah. Croatia is uh, certainly my my where my roots come from. Uh, my mom's grandparents were from there. My dad's grandparents were from there, and, and the majority of our background is Croatian, and um, certainly I know a few words enough to be dangerous and to find the bathroom. But uh, uh, my, you know, my dad's fluent, and my mom speaks uh, very well as well uh, Croatian as well. But yeah, we've been there multiple times. It is a country that everybody needs to go to at least once. Uh, from the coast where Doug is, all the way up into the um, the plains of Slavonia and, and the, the mountains west of Zagreb. Uh, Croatia has great food, great music, great wine and beer. It's just a beautiful, beautiful country. And, and, and Doug, uh, my parents were ready to leave the party yesterday to go join you. They were jealous. <laughs> well, Steve, how do I order a beer in Croatian? That's what I don't know. I'm, I'm stuck here on this uh, ship. I need a beer. Yeah, it's a molen, dimey people. Please, give me a beer. All right. That sounds good. Yeah, so we started in Dubrovnik uh, today, and then uh, we're on our way to Solano. Uh, actually, the boat is moving right now uh, along the Adriatic coast. And, you know, gardening-wise, I've seen giant orange trees, uh, southern magnolias in full bloom, 
oleander everywhere. Lantana grows like a weed. It's just it's an unbelievable climate for growing, Steve. Yeah, it is. That Dalmatian coast is just, I mean, from wine country to all those uh, citrus fruits, um, it's a diverse country. And, again, I'm jealous. It's your, you know, balmy 86 degrees down there where you are, and the water, I bet, is crystal clear along that rocky coast. Uh, just a fabulous, fabulous country where you are. Yeah, I feel very lucky, you know, and I, I just, this one, I thought, hey, you know what, it's, one thirty in the afternoon here. Why not try and call the the show? And I can't believe what kind of uh, reception we got from, you know, so far away, uh, you know, all the way in Croatia to be able to talk. But uh, the people are just absolutely wonderful here. You know, the scenery is amazing. And as I said, gardening wise, I mean, I'm, we're going to really get into it here pretty soon and, and start to look at the national parks and all sorts of other things. So. I uh, just wanted to check in, say hi, and I wanted to be sure that I can keep my job after Steve Rapaski uh, fills in for me. Uh, you're going to keep your job. Hey, how do we navigate at DougOster.com to see the pictures that you're taking on tour? Actually, right now, the best way to look at them will be through Facebook and Instagram. I will get some stuff up there on the uh, DougOster.com pretty soon, but uh, just logistically with the way the computer is working here in Croatia right now, I'm, I'm only using my phone to post pictures on Facebook and Instagram for the first couple of days, but lots of good stuff on there. I just started with a morning shot. And I'm just about to post a bunch of other stuff here in just a minute. Yeah, so Jim. you guys have a great time. Don't do too good, Steve, but do good enough. Okay. I'll try not to answer too many questions. All right. Happy sailing, Doug. Have fun. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, looking at, his, looking at his ship right now on Facebook, a beautiful setting. Uh, I could just hear it in your voice, and I know you have, and I do too, for that part of the world. You have a lot of passion from your homeland, and Doug's really going to be in for a treat, is he not, along with those listeners? He is. As I mentioned, it's one of those countries that's kind of a hidden jewel, and you hate to give away those kind of hidden secrets, but... Uh, Croatia has always been just a, a beautiful country, and, and the people of Croatia are, as Doug pointed out, they're so friendly. Their, their hearts are just, they just want, they want to take care of you. You know, you go and you are not a visitor, you're not a tourist, you're, you're family. And, um, you know, my parents have gone over several times over the last few years, and we still have relatives and very good friends over there. And it is, when you go, you are family, and, and you eat and drink and you put on pounds uh but just a, a just a great and, and of course as you point out the passion because it's that's our roots that's our home country and you know i grew up with a very strong connection to that we have still carry on those traditions uh from my grandparents and uh, my parents alike and it's just one of those things that you know you can't help to get excited when you talk about your home country and in this case Croatia. Hey, by the way, tenth caller right now wins a twenty-five dollar gift certificate to Janoski's in Clinton. That's four one two nine two two ten twenty. Let's get this in real quick, then we'll take a break and get right back to the phones because I know you prepared some stuff that you really wanted the audience to be able to plug into. So, how to be a bee less beekeeper planting for bees? This is probably a good topic I think for this time of year, and I'm sure you would echo those sentiments, Steve. Yes, absolutely. Beeless beekeeping is uh, something that just popped up, uh, came from a company called Bloom Honey Water, and uh, it's going to promote basically the idea of helping our pollinators without having to keep bees. And, and we can certainly get into that a lot more, uh, but it's uh, Bloom Honey Water is a, a local company uh, founded by a woman named Michelle Birchfield, a great, healthy 
liquid refreshment made with honey, made with real honey, uh, produced locally here. And um, she and I have been collaborating, and hopefully we'll have some more information coming down the pike about how to be a B-list beekeeper. All right, let's get a call in here. And by the way, if you have a question for him, call us now at 866-391-1020. Let's say hi to Jim and Cranberry. Hey, Jim, how you doing? Good. How you doing, guys? Good. Which question? Uh, the uh, the honey bees, carpenter bees. Uh, you know how they drill and bore the holes in the uh, in the wood, the rafters in my shed and garage and stuff like that. And uh, how how do you prevent that without killing them? Or any other suggestions? Yeah, carpenter bees are one of those insects that they're a very good pollinator, but boy, are they a pain in the behind. Uh, they do create a lot of um, uh, cosmetic damage, uh, so it's not really an issue where you're going to have issues structurally like termites, but they do cause aesthetic and cosmetic damage to your house by drilling holes in the fascia boards, um, leaving droppings along the siding, things like that. A um, couple ways of looking at it from a different perspective is one, just kind of leave them, let them do their thing. Since it's only cosmetic, you might have to replace your fascia board every five years or so, 10 years, 20 years, depending on how bad the damage is. Um, you could also hang uh, false pieces of wood. So if you get a section of two by four or four by four and hang it up in those roof lines as possible um, to allow them to drill into a replaceable piece of wood rather than having to reconstruct your roof line entirely, that's a good way. Uh, other than that, repelling them, you could use... Um, some of those traps that they sell at some of the box stores that will catch, capture some of the adults. The idea is to put them out early in the season before the males come out of hibernation and start looking for um, an area to um, nest in. Those work about 30% of the time, but it helps a little bit. Your only other option is to just replace that wood with something, either synthetic wood, you know, tracks, or cover it in aluminum flashing so that they don't have access to the wood. Carpenter bees are a thorn in everybody's side, including mine, and we deal with them professionally. Um, there's there's a, there's no 100% solution of eliminating them. It's more about minimizing the damage and just tolerating what's left. Is there a way of making a homemade trap with uh, some kind of bait that uh, they would eat and they could yeah. transport yeah, them somewhere else? No, unfortunately, they can't be relocated. Um, uh, the only way to get them, you know, if you're going to use a trap, it will unfortunately kill them. Um, there's no way to relocate those types of bees. Uh, honeybees are the only insects that you could really relocate. Honey, uh, bumblebees as well, but they can be difficult to locate underground. Um, so this idea of relocating bees really only applies to honeybees, not many of our other species that are out there. All right, we're going to take a sh- uh, quick break. We'll come back on the other side and we'll t- uh, take a look at sports, and then we're going to get right to your calls, talking about some of those bad bees, those wasps, those hornets, those yellow jackets. If you have a question specifically on that, you're going to want to give us a call now, and we have more calls coming in. Steve Rapaski, our guest, in for Doug Oster today. Mrs. Know-It-All, pinch hitting next week. Hey, register for Jam Fest. Now open Jam Fest is on three-on-three basketball tournament for grades three through adult benefiting Folds of Honor, happening August 21st at the North Park Basketball Court. Registration taking place and you can register today at kdkradio.com slash jamfest jamfest is presented by keystone shooting center also brought to you by upmc sports medicine cdg sports allegheny county parks the family law firm of bundy and roberts and wetgo 
All right, final segment, B Control, uh, Meadow Suites Apiaries. It's Steve Rapowski, Mrs. Know-It-All, coming up next week as Doug will be gone for a few weeks. He is in Croatia, as you heard moments ago. Uh, this segment, bad bees, wasps, yellow jackets, and hornets. Uh, what do we need to know before we talk to Pete and Crafton about those bad bees, Steve? Uh, the thing to know, <laughs> excuse me, is that you know bad bees aren't necessarily bad bees either, right? We all They all have a role in our environment for sure. Uh, often something bad it comes from something that has interrupted our life in a way, uh, whether it be, you know, rain is good too until it floods. So with these bad bees, the wasp hornets, yellow jackets, oftentimes that fear of stinging insects um, gets people to want to get rid of all bees. And, you know, we have to pay attention and kind of do some education as to what is a good bee versus a bad bee. And even the good bees can get into trouble sometimes, but we, the biggest issue and the biggest differences between the two, uh, I guess a good point for our listeners, is that good bees tend to be fuzzy, bad bees tend to be hairless and smooth, and um, the bad bees tend to sting multiple times, whereas the good bees would only sting once in defense of their home. So a lot of education that we take a, you know, play a role in here, both from uh, Meadowsweet Apiaries and then uh, bee control, and to tie that back into that bee-less beekeeping, you know, we want to educate folks. It's not all about keeping honeybees. It's about identifying what's out there, what you can attract for the benefit of your gardens, and also keeping your sa- the safety of your family in mind as well. All right, here's Pete in Crafton up next for Steve Rapaski. Busy hour on the phone lines. How you doing, Pete? Good morning. Welcome to KDKA. Good morning, gentlemen. Um, uh, I know we we we, we put uh, bees uh, hives on trucks and send them across America to uh, pollinate. Otherwise, we wouldn't have our fruit and vegetables. Uh, about a year ago or so, we were on the internet. They were talking about bees uh, dying because of a virus or some kind of mite. Uh, how healthy are our bees uh, right now and in the future? Great question, Pete. Yeah, great question. So, yeah, we, our pollination across the United States, our commercial beekeepers are, are running hives left and right, uh, west coast to east coast and north to south. They're pollinating our pumpkins right now and our, our cucumbers. Earlier in the year, it was the almonds. Our, our almonds are 100% fully pollinated by, by bees alone. So about 10 years ago, actually more than that, 2006, we had what was to- coined as the colony collapse disorder. And that's what caught the media's attention around 2009 and 10 uh, when we finally realized, hey, there's a big issue with our honeybees. Um, since then, the symptoms surrounding colony collapse disorder have disappeared. However, the issues have not. And what it boils down to now with all the research we've been doing across the country at our, our great universities is it's what's called the four P's, which is your pests. Um, namely, there's a, a little insect called a varroa mite, which is similar to a tick uh, on a human. Uh, but the varroa mite is uh, basically feeding on the bee's uh, body fat and weakening their immune system. Uh, you also have pathogens, which those mites will transfer to these bees, uh, basically 27 to 30 different viruses and diseases that can be transmitted. So when you have a weakened immune system, they're vulnerable to these other pathogens. And then you have um, your poor nutrition, uh, which is a result of people keeping their lawns too green, right? They're taking the clovers out. They're taking the dandelions out. They're cleaning up the yards to look pristine. And that removes some of the major food sources for not only just honeybees, but our other native pollinators as well. Uh, And then you have pesticides. And it's not so much, we like to point our fingers to the farmers and the pesticides they may use, 
but it actually should be pointed back at us as home use, homeowners because we can go to a big box store, buy a jug of whatever product we want, and if it says to use one ounce on 10 acres, we use 10, ac- 10 ounces on one acre. Uh, so it's a, a misuse and overuse of pesticides by homeowners across the United States that causes mm-hmm. a lot of that lack of nutrition in our yards. Uh, it's combined with a weakened immune system and these pests. Mm-hmm. Our honeybees are having issues. Now, we lose about 40% of our bees every year uh, in Pennsylvania, but we're able to recover very quickly. So are, are, are the bees in trouble? Yes. Are they going to go in danger tomorrow? No. How- All right. Listen, Steve, we are out of time, buddy. Great show today, and, and I truly do hope you'll do this again, okay? Thank you very much, Rob. All right. I appreciate your time. All right. Uh, of course, Bee Control, Meadow Sweet Apiary, Steve Rapaski filling in for Doug Oster. Remember, DougOster.com to follow his trip to Croatia. Next week, Mrs. Know-It-All in for Doug Oster on the Organic Gardener. Rob Pratt Sunday, KDKA Radio. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.